0: faith is such a powerful thing faith is such a powerful thing because everything in the bible comes by faith everything in a word everything in the bible like it's impossible to please god without faith and i know there are some contradictory ideas that comes to oppose faith but let me tell you something faith matters. Faith is powerful, faith moves God, and when you walk in faith, and when you live by faith, and when you respond by faith, you will see the faithfulness of your God. You will see His faithfulness, you will see His hand, you will see His glory, you will see His mercy. And it's so funny because they have this evolution theory that everything came from nothing. And this evolution theory that there was some slime, and then the slime turned into a monkey, and then the monkey turned into a man. I'm sorry, I don't look like a monkey, I look like a man. And there's this theory out there, but here's the thing about evolution. You need about a hundred grand to believe in it. You need to go to college to be able to believe in evolution. And they teach you a lot of fancy words. They teach you how to say stuff you didn't know how to say. They teach you how to understand elements that God created. And then they ask you to have faith. Because they say a million years ago, this happened. You weren't there a million years ago. And they start giving you these concepts that you have to have faith in. And something I want to tell you, church, is after studying evolution before I was a believer, I didn't have enough faith to stay an atheist. I didn't have enough faith to stay an atheist because I realized it requires more faith to believe that everything came from nothing than it requires to believe everything came from God. And in evolution, there's 12 events that they have uncovered that happened to bring life about. If you read the Bible, the same 12 events is documented in the Bible before they had all of the science and all the equipment to validate it. Because God knows what he's doing. God knows the world. God created the world. God created his people. And I want to tell you, the Bible says that just to live by faith. If you don't have faith, you're not going to make it in this Christian walk. If you don't have faith, you're not going to make it to the next level. If you don't have faith, you're not going to make it to the next dimension. Because everything in the kingdom of God hinges on faith. Faith is the principle thing. Faith is the key. And it's the key that unlocks all doors, and if you don't have it, you won't get to where you need to go. And let me tell you something else about faith, God don't want you to just walk by faith. God wants you to live by faith, and sometimes God will even ask you to die by faith. Because the Old Testament saints can live by faith like us, they had to die by it. Believing the promise, and God made good on the promise after they did, because let me tell you something, when God's word comes, it will not return to him void. And even if God has to raise you from the dead to make good on his word, he will do that. Because his word never returns void. So church, you gotta have faith. You gotta live by faith. You gotta walk by faith. Everything is about faith. And what is faith? Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. Faith is trusting God. And the reason why it says it's impossible to please God without faith is because if you don't live by faith, you're calling God a liar. If you don't walk by faith, you're calling God a liar because faith comes by hearing God's word. And if you don't believe God's word and cling to God's word and live by God's word, you're saying, God, you're a liar. And God says, I am truth. There is no lies in me. And when you walk by faith, it's not you saying I'm truth. It's you living I'm truth. Everything is about faith. And the thing that stops faith is our eyes. Our eyes are the enemy to faith. Our eyes are the enemy to faith because we look at what we see and when it don't line up with what God said, we think what God said is wrong and what we see is right. But the Bible says what we can see came from what we can't see. What we can see came from what we can't see, which means the unseen realm is more real than the seen realm. What you can't see is more real than what you can't see, that the invisible God is more real than the visible man, because the visible man came from the invisible God, and he is real, and he's powerful, and God operates by faith, and everything in the Bible is by faith, and that's why you can't see God. That's why God doesn't just speak to you in an audible voice. That's why God isn't obviously here, because God wanted you to connect with him in spirit and in truth. In other words, God says, I want to live with you through spirit when you can't detect me with your senses. God says, I'm going to give you spiritual senses where you can detect me, but you will not be able to detect me with your physical senses. But here's what God said. God said, though you can't detect me with your physical senses, I'm going to give you something that declares I'm real. I'm going to give you something that declares I'm here. And the thing that God gave you to prove his existence is your existence. Because the truth of creation is the proof of the creator. The truth of creation is the proof of the creator. See, when I show you an iPad, you don't have to know that there's a creator. You assume there's a creator because you see the creation. So your very existence, you breathing and living and walking and hearing is proof that God is God. If I got... If I got a Ferrari and put it on stage and if I told you nobody created this Ferrari, it just came, you wouldn't believe it. Let me tell you something. The Bible says, what is man that God's mindful of him? A Ferrari is nice, but it doesn't have nothing on you because a Ferrari is dead, but you are living and you have more technology in your eyeball than that Ferrari has under his hood. And if you see a Ferrari and know that there was a manufacturer that made it, how much more is there a manufacturer that made you? So God showed you, if you would look at creation, God shows you that all created is the proof of a creator. If you saw a baby, instantly you'd know there was two parents that came together for that baby. So if everything in life has the principle that every time you see something, there's proof that something took place to bring that something to pass, why would you think the biggest creation in the world just happened? Nothing just happens. No, God did it. God did it and he did it and let me tell you something about our God if you met our God before there was anything and if you shook his hand you would be shaking hands with everything because everything came out of God the Milky Ways the galaxies the worlds was framed by the Word of God and you my friend are all the proof you need you're the evidence You're searching for evidence while you're walking evidence. You are proof of him. His presence is on you. His glory is on you. His splendor is on you. His identity is on you. That's why when Jesus was talking to his disciples and they was asking about paying taxes, Jesus said, look at the coin whose face is on it. And the disciples said, Caesar's face. He said, give unto Caesar's. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. But then there was a pause. And the reason why there was a pause is because Jesus was saying, now, whose image is on you? Mine. So give unto God what is God's. He was saying, give Caesar the money because his face is on it, but give me your life because my face is on you. My spirit is in you. My power is in you. My anointing is in you. I have put my presence in your heart. My God in heaven! If you have your Bibles, church, if you have your Bibles. Go to James chapter one. I'm not going <laughs> to preach today. We're going to teach. I preached last week. You want some preaching? Go back and watch last week's sermon. We're going to teach today. We're going to expose the devil today. We're going to do a quick too. I got like 20 minutes. And end about how long? But about how strong? James chapter one, verse 22. When you guys are there, say, ready? Y'all ain't there. It said, but be doers of the word and not only hearers, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. The Bible says, be don't just be a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word. What does that mean? God is saying, in essence, you need to walk out the word. God is saying you need to walk out the word. God is saying you gotta walk it out. He's saying you gotta walk it out. What side walk it out? Now, South side walk it out. Now, walk it out. Now, I'm playing, y'all. Let me back to Jesus. Spirit, come back. I'm gonna go back to my old day. I walk it. Now, I'm playing. But God is saying, You need to walk it out. In other words, God is saying that it's not faith if it stays in your head. It's not faith if it just touches your ears. It's faith once it touches your feet. God is saying if the Word never makes it to your shoes, it's not faith because you're not just to be a hearer of the Word. You are to be a doer of the Word. And God says the just live by faith. As a believer, God didn't say stand by faith, look by faith, observe by faith, think by faith. God said walk by faith. Faith requires a walk, and not a walk by yourself, but a walk with God. And I'm going to break down to you what walking by faith means a little later in my sermon. But God said, don't be a hearer of the Word only. God's not contradicting hearing the Word. Church, hear me and hear me good. Hearing the word is important. The word is powerful. The word is dynamite. The word was with God. The word was before God. The word is God. And it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. When you got the word of God in your hand, you are armed and dangerous. The word is dynamite. It's dunamis. It's power. God said have the word. And the Bible talks about in Ephesians 6. It talks about the, the rhema word, which means the shouted word or the declared word. Not just to have the word in your head, but to shout the word out your mouth. There's power in the word. There's power. And there's different versions of the word. When you talk about graphe, you're talking about the message of the word. When you're talking about logos, you're talking about the embodiment of the word. When you're talking about rhema, it means the alive, uttered, or shouted word. The word is powerful. And the word is your promise. Do you know all you have against the devil, all you have against trials, all you have against fear, all you have against anxiety, all you have against depression is the word of God. It is all you have. But I got good news, church. It is all you need. It is all you need. And let me tell you and prove to you how important the word is. Every time Satan showed up, he came to fight the word. He came to fight it because there is no word like God's word. Do you know that the Bible is the only book that reads you when you read it? It's the only book that reads you when you read it. When you read that Bible, that Bible starts reading you. It reads your impulses, your heart, your desires, your mind. And Satan knows it. And it's the only book that can change and transform. Because when you go to a psychiatrist, they're going to medicate your problem. But God says you could come to him and be transformed out of your problem. God says we're not going to medicate a devil. We're going to cast out a devil. God said the word of God is powerful. Now hear me. And hear me good, church, whenever the devil showed up against perfect people, there was Adam and Eve, they were perfect, and Jesus was perfect. Whenever the enemy showed up, the first thing he did was attack the word. He came to the garden, and the first thing he said to Eve was, did God really say?" He could have said sin, he could have said be wealthy, he could have said here's a new house, a new car, here's fame. But the first thing he wanted to do when the devil had his first attack, his best attack, it was did God really say? And he's doing the same thing to you. When you're sick and you got COVID-19 and you're getting afraid because you're watching social media and God told you that you will live and you won't die, the first thing the devil says is did God really Say When God says He's going to provide for you when you don't have enough money to take care of your family, to take care of your children, to pay the bills, did God really say? When you feel like you're called to step out into a business or step out into the ministry or do something unknown or go to college or do something your family's never done, did God really say? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, but doubt comes by hearing the lies of Satan. And Satan will give you reverse faith, which is called doubt. And with the same way the word of God brings faith, the lies of the devil brings doubt. So she was faith-filled in the garden. And because she was faith-filled, in order to get her doubtful, he couldn't scream. He couldn't make a noise. He had to contradict the pillar of her faith. Because the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. See, you can't have faith if there's no substance. You can't have faith if there's no substance, substance is material. Substance is material. Let me show you what substance is. If you're in the kitchen and you're finna bake a cake You can't just make a cake out of nothing. You got to make a cake out of something. You need some flour You need some recipes. You need some cake mix You need some stuff that you can mix together to bake a cake and the Word of God says faith is your mix It's the things you can tie together the promise of God the Word of God the declaration of God the principles of God And when you mix those things up and put it in the oven and walk this thing out, you can have a cake called the promise faith is the substance of things hoped for and that's why a lot of you guys aren't seeing the blessing and you're doubting faith because you said I believe for a car yeah but did God give you a word for a car because if God didn't give you a word you didn't have no substance and if you didn't have no substance you ain't got nothing to cook with It's the substance of things hoped for, which means if you don't have a word from God, you don't have anything. You don't have anything. And a lot of you guys are, quote, unquote, walking in faith with no substance. And that ain't faith. That's just wishful thinking. That ain't faith. That's just naming and claiming You can't name and claim what you want. You can name and claim what God said. If God said it, then it got to happen. And fact, comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It don't come by Instagram or Facebook or seeing what your neighbor's got. You need a word from God. And when you have a word from God, you can walk in the ways of God. So Satan comes to contradict the word did God really say? And when he confused her on the words, she fell. She fell. Then, when Jesus was in the garden, 40 days, being tempted by Satan, Satan came to him. He was hungry after 40 days. And Satan said, I see you hungry. I see you don't have anything to eat. Turn these stones into bread. Now, ask God a question. I said, God, why did he say turn the stones into bread? I'm sure there was grass. Why can't he turn the grass into bread? I'm sure there was trees. Why can't he turn the trees into bread? I'm sure there was dirt. Why can't he turn the dirt into bread? Why did Satan say turn these stones into bread? And why was there stones by Jesus? And the reason why he said turn these stones into bread, because the word of God, the law of God, the declaration of God is called the stone. Which means that Jesus was sitting in the wilderness with the stone of God, with the word of God, with the promise of God, with the law of God. And he was hungry and the word in his reality didn't match because the word says that he would be provided for. He would be protected. He would be covered. But reality, he was hungry. So the enemy came and he said, see, these stones aren't working, the word isn't working. Move this word out your way and turn it into bread, something that will actually feed you. And let me tell you how I know what I'm saying is right, because when he said turn these stones into bread, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. In other words, Jesus was saying, devil, I got you because my stone is stronger than your bread. My stone is stronger than your bread. See, he didn't just tell Jesus to get bread. He said, get rid of the stone. And in your life, the enemy will always tell you to move the stone. Move the word. Move the promise. Move the Bible. But devil, I got news for you and all hell. I'm going to stand on this stone. I'm going to build my life on this rock. And when the winds and the rains and the pains beat against it, I will stand because I built my life on the stone. He will always come after the stone. He will always come after the word because the word is your substance. And if He can remove your substance, He can stop the promise. So He comes after substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, in the evidence of things not seen. If He takes your substance, He stops the promise. Oh, come on, somebody. Give God a shout of praise. So, 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 so what happens is as you're sitting there and you're fighting with the enemy, here's what he does. He brings contradictions. And you're sitting there. You're fighting with the enemy because reality and the word isn't matching. And he's fighting you. He's saying, don't trust the word. Trust reality. Don't trust what God says. Trust what you see. Trust what you see. But let me tell you something. Whenever you're in a time of need, God will always get a word to you. He will always bring a word to you. When Elijah was on the mountain, God didn't come in a fire. God didn't come in a wind. God didn't come in a quake. God came in a small, still voice. Now, the wind in the fire, in the quake was nature responding to the word. It wasn't God, but it was nature responding to God. But when God came, he came in a small, still voice. And the reason why God came in a small, still voice is because God is intimate, but not only is he intimate, not only is he big, not only is he vast, but God is personal. He wants to know you. He wants to be close to you. He wants to connect with you. So God is saying, though I'm infinite, I'm still intimate. God is saying, I know you see fire, I know you see wind, I know you see a quake. And though nature makes me look theatrical, I'm very personal. And I want to give you a word because fire can't get you out of a pit. Wind can't get you out of a pit. A quake can't get you out of a pit. Only the word of God can get you out of a pit. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. What is faith? Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. Faith is acting like it is so, even when it ain't so, in order that it may be so, simply because God says so. Let me say it again. Faith is acting like it is so, even when it ain't so, in order that it may be so, simply because God says so. Faith is calling things that be not as though they were. That is faith, my friend. Now, if you have your Bible, I'm going to show you something else. Go. If you have your Bibles go to James chapter one. James chapter one, you guys enjoying this so far? James chapter one. It said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, incomplete, and lacking anything. Or not lacking anything. Anything, anything, anything. This is crazy. This is crazy. It says, let perseverance have its Perfect work. Perfect work. See, 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 church, I'm going to show you something. The reason why you're not seeing the promise of God, the reason why you're not seeing manifestation, the reason why you're not seeing life change, the reason why you're not seeing transformation, it's not... That your word wasn't strong enough because the Bible says if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. It's not that the word in your faith wasn't strong enough, it's that the word in your faith wasn't long enough. God is saying you don't just need a strong faith, you need an enduring faith. Faith ain't just about how big it is, how strong it is. Faith is about enduring. And God said, Many of you have a faith that starts strong but it ends weak. And God says, You don't just need a starting faith, God says, You need a finishing faith. You need a faith that finishes. You need a faith that can get you to the end zone. You need a faith that can get you to the promise. And the reason why you're not seeing the blessing is because you have starter faith, not finisher's faith. Ernie and Kaylee, can you all come up here right quick? Let me get Ernie and Kaylee real fast. You got a starter's faith, but you need a finishing faith. Ernie, come stand right here. Kelly, go stand down there and face Ernie. So, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And when you hear the Word of God, you may just have a little bit of faith. You don't have to have a lot. You say, God, I just got a little bit. I got this mustard seed of faith. I don't have much, God. I only have a little bit. And you may have just a little bit of faith. And God comes and you have this faith and you believe God and you trust God and you have the Word. But God is saying, though you believe me. Though you trust me, God said, do you have a finishing faith? See, the reason why your faith fails is because your faith doesn't finish. And when faith doesn't finish, faith will always fail. And God says, I come and I give you a word. And the moment I give you a word, you have a war at hand. And the reason why you have a war at hand is because when I speak, you have the promise and you have the problem. You have the promise and you have the problem. And though the promise is in front of you, the problem will always be beside you. And that's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. God says your eyes are the enemy to faith. Your eyes are the enemy to faith because your eyes is going to see the problem, but you heard the promise. Your eyes will see the problem, but you heard the promise. And what happens is you have the faith, and you have this faith, and you trust God, but you start walking. As you start moving towards faith, you still see the problem. And as you start moving towards faith, you still see the problem. You still see the worry. You still see the doubt. You still see the bank account. You still see the kids not at church. You still see the family broken and in disarray. And though you have this promise, you have this visible problem. But God says, faith in the unseen. Because God said, though you can't see the promise, it's there. And God said, if you just had an enduring faith, not a strong faith, but an enduring faith, if your faith was long enough. See, what the devil does is on the journey of faith, he brings trials and tribulations. And as you're walking the promise, you get hit. As you're walking the promise, you can't pay the bill. As you're walking the promise, you lose your relationship. As you're walking the promise, your kids are doing bad. As you're walking the promise, everything is falling apart. And you stop and you quit and you say, did God really say? And halfway through the process, you stop." And the promise was right there. If you would have kept pressing, you could have seen the promise. If you would have kept going, you could have seen the promise. That's why it said, let patience have its perfect work. Because patience meant endurance. Let endurance have its perfect work. See, the Bible says faith and endurance go hand in hand. Because faith will get you started, but endurance will keep you going. Faith will get you out the bed, but endurance will walk you through the door. And God is saying, though you have faith... Your faith doesn't have enough gas to make it to promise. It don't have enough gas. And my question for you is, how much gas does your faith have? And how much problems, how much trials, how many lies, how much temptation does it cause your faith to stop? Because God said, walk by faith. Why did God say walk by faith? Because in faith, you have to walk away from the problem and walk into the promise. And God said, if you trust me, if you just had this mustard seed, and if you just had this enduring faith, if you had a faith that'll fight, if you had a faith that wouldn't quit, if you had a faith that'll keep going, if you had a faith that gets knocked down but get back up, if you had a faith that will keep going in spite of fear, if you had a faith, because sometimes when God asks you to move, it won't make sense. When God asked Moses to reach out his stick, it didn't make sense. When God asked the Hebrew boys to go on the fire, it didn't make sense. When God asked John the Baptist to pioneer the way to Christ, it didn't make sense. When God maybe asked you to start that business, it may not make sense. When God said your kids is coming back, it may not make sense. But guess what? It's made faith if God said it. It makes faith to stitch out your stick. It makes faith to go into that fiery furnace. It makes faith to go fight Goliath. It makes faith to trust God in the middle of Texarkana with no money when he said he wanted to bring a multi-generational and a multi-rational church. It don't makes sense but it does make faith and you got to say I'm not just looking to make sense I'm looking to make faith what makes sense is what you can see but what makes faith is what you can hear and if you heard the word of God you have the substance to keep walking by you have the substance to keep trusting by and if you would just keep walking in faith in spite of the trials you will make it to the promise come on y'all give them a hand It may not make sense, but it will make faith. It will make faith. And God is saying, when you go to church and you got a word from God and you don't have it, they get up and say, you just didn't have no faith. You just didn't have no faith. You just didn't have no faith. But you're like, I did have faith. I trusted God. I believed God. I believed for my healing, and I'm still hurting. I believe for my healing. I'm still sick. I did trust God. It wasn't that you didn't have faith. It was that you didn't retain faith. God is saying, you need a faith that can get you to the end zone. You need a faith that can get you to the promise. So God is saying, let patience have its perfect work. It actually means let patience have its completing work. Let patience have its finishing work. See, God gives you faith to get you started, but he gives you patience or endurance to keep you going. So I'm not just saying you need to have faith. I'm saying you need to have endurance with your faith. Because guess what? God is not always going to move on your timetable. God's not always going to move on your clock, and he's not always going to move when you feel like he should move. Because sometimes God will give a word, and it's hundreds of years later before he moves. And though you say you have faith, you still like for what God said to make sense. Abraham, Sarah. God said you will have a son. Then you got old. At one season, okay God, I hear you. Then you got old and then you laughed at God, Sarah. And then God named the boy Isaac, which means he's laughed. God said, I got your laugh. I got you. Because God is saying that when I give you faith, I don't just want faith to be baby, I want faith to be crazy. God says, I don't want you to just have project faith. I want you to have promise faith. Project faith is what you can do in your strength. Promise faith is what only God can do. And God wants you to put you in a situation that only he can get credit. Only he can get glory. He wants to put you in something that man can't get you out of and the Bible says that God is the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. God is Alpha and Omega. He's the starter of your faith, he's the ending of your faith. He's the starter of your faith, he's the ending of your faith, and he's the author of your faith. The devil can read your story, but he can't write your story because God has wrote your story. And though God is alpha and Omega, it didn't say God was middle. God is beginning and he's the end. He actually gave the middle to the devil because God is a storyteller and every good story starts with a good beginning, an ugly middle, and a beautiful ending. And God says, you came and everything was all right. In the middle, I moved back a little bit to let the plot start and I let the devil off the chain. See, the devil can't do nothing I don't let him do and I let him crush you, and I let him pull you, and I let him twist you, and I let him squeeze you because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. See, the devil works for you and he works for me. The devil is there to make you stronger. The devil is there to be resistance because if there's no resistance and no pressing, there's no oil being released. If there's no squeezing, there's no new wine. So he's saying, I'm allowing the devil to squeeze you to get out of you what I put in you. So he said, I'm the God that made you a grape, he's the devil that squeezes you, and then I'm going to put the new wine in a new vessel. He's alpha and omega, beginning and the end. I love this because I remember one time my wife and I was watching this movie called Taken, and Taken was a good movie. It started off all good. It was this one girl, she had her family with her, everything was happy, they was laughing, hi, it's awesome, Hey. It was beautiful. And then all of a sudden, some stuff popped off, and she got kidnapped. And the middle of the movie got really, really ugly. And I'm watching that movie. I'm like, ah! Whoa! Ah! got to, Girl, you better run! Girl, I'm telling you, run! Go, 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 go! go just jump out the window! Go, go, go! And I'm acting crazy. And I'm going crazy because I see her, and they're getting her, and they're capturing her. It look like they're going to kill her. They're selling her. I'm like, ah, ah! I'm going crazy. I'm in a movie theater. These white folks like, can you get this black dude out the movie? Like, like white people, be honest. You could be real in Radiant Church. You'd be in the movie. It's always that black person like, that don't do me, baby. If that was him, I would have cut him. I would have mixed him. you like, you're at Cinemarch. Shut up and watch the movie. I'll be wondering how white people, they can just sit there like, this is really cool. Black people are like, ah! Ah! We're dramatic. And as I'm jumping through the movie, ah! all my white friends are in there like, this is really cool, popcorn. So I saw the movie. And then a little later, I went back to watch the movie with my wife. And the difference between me and her is I had seen the movie and she didn't. And as we're sitting through the movie, she's like, ah! they better run, girl, run, they're going to get you. No, they're coming, girl, your daddy's for." And I'm like, honey, chill out, honey. You're being dramatic, okay, quit acting black in here, chill out and watch the movie. And as she's panicking, "Ah!" I'm sitting there calm like my white friends eating my popcorn. Hmm. And the reason why I can sit there and be calm while my wife panicked is because I knew the end. And in the end, she won. In the end, she won in the end her dad rescued her in the end the promise came to pass and maybe you're freaking out in life and you're going crazy you're going crazy in your storm you're going crazy in your situation but i got good news for you not only do i know what's going to happen at the end i know who is the end and god is the end he's alpha and omega and at the end of your story god will meet you right there with glory and god says you're coming out because i gave you a promise I will provide because I'm Jehovah-Jireh. I will create for you because I'm Elohim. In the end, you win Alpha and Omega. He said, I'll let the devil loose for a season. Then I'm going to squash him. And you're going to come out better than you were when you went in. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I could have stopped you from going into the fire. But if I would have stopped you from going into the fire, Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't have known that I'll show up in the fire. See, David, I could have killed Goliath myself, but how much better would it be to kill him with a midget? See, Moses, I could have just parted the Red Sea, but how much better to do it with a stick? In other words, God says, I use the foolish things of life to shame the wise. And God says, your uneducated self are going to make all those doctor degrees look like fools. God is saying, single mother, let me tell you something. While everybody has looked past you, God is about to elevate you. Single person that don't got nobody, while everybody's dating and laughing and happy, God says, I got a spouse you know not of that won't be like nobody in this town. Let them laugh. Let them play. While it looks like you're behind, because God says in the wilderness, I'm cooking something up and they can't see it, and it won't make sense, but it will make sense. Oh, come on. Y'all can do better. It won't make sense, but it will make. Come on, somebody. Give God a shout of praise. It won't make sense, but it will make faith. You guys can come up. It'll make faith. It'll make faith. If you're truly going to live by God's ways, if you're truly going to live by God's word, it won't be normal. And it won't be natural. And church, the reason why we're not seeing power and glory is we want God to move on our worldly ways. We want God to move on our education. We want God to move in our natural circumstances. We want God to move in our plan and in our little vision board. And God is saying, I'm bigger than your plan. I'm bigger than your vision board. I can do things that you can't even ask, think, or imagine. I'm on a whole nother level. And I created everything. Friends, you don't understand this faith principle. Maybe you say, I don't have faith. You are faith. The Bible says the world's were framed by the word of God. You are the, the embodiment of faith. Everything is faith. The air you breathe is faith. Everything is faith. The principles that govern our world is faith. God is saying that you have to live by faith, and it's impossible to please God. And I'll say this, it's impossible to move God without faith. Because I saw something so crazy in the Bible. I saw something so crazy. Jesus would say stuff that just blew my mind, and to be honest, I didn't like like it because I'm a Bible guy, and I like to read the Bible and study the Bible, and I like to think that everything is all up to God. God has power, he's sovereign, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, God is everything. I like to think everything is up to God. But the truth is, when you watch the life of Jesus and you watch all the miracles, Jesus says your faith has made you well. Your faith. Jesus didn't even pray for the lady with the issue of blood, she touched the hem of his garment. Faith made her well. And Jesus said, it will be done unto you according to your faith. In other words, Jesus was saying, I didn't do it, you did. Wow. Your faith did it. Your faith moved me. Your faith moves mountains. Jesus was saying, it happened because of your faith. And here's the crazy thing. I asked God about something he showed me this morning. I said, well, God, if this principle is true, what about Lazarus? Lazarus was dead and you brought him back. He couldn't have faith. dead." And then Jesus said, yeah, Lazarus didn't have faith, but his sisters had faith. Because Martha said, whatever you say, the father will listen to you. In other words, and Jesus came back to Mary and Martha, and he said, because of your faith, I'm going to rise your brother. You're going to see the glory of God, which means that they had surrogate faith. You missed it. They had surrogate faith. A surrogate is when a woman can't carry a baby and they put a baby inside of her because she can carry a baby for someone else. God says faith is so powerful, you don't even got to have it. Somebody can have it for you. And though Lazarus can have his own faith, his sisters have surrogate faith. And I brought Lazarus back because they believe that the Father hears me. Let me give you another one. When the friends of the man cut a hole through the roof and they dropped the man through the roof, Jesus healed that man according to the faith of his friends. Sometimes you can't believe for yourself. Sometimes you can't trust for yourself. But God is saying, I will move off of faith even if it don't come from you. Which means you got to watch who you hang around. You got to watch who you around. You got to watch who you do life with because God says even if you don't have personal faith, I still respond to surrogate faith. And in the Bible, people believe for other people and God move. Why? Because God says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith is the principal thing. And when I see faith According to my will, in my word, in my promise, I don't move sometimes, I move every time. And God will move for you, friends. He'll move in your marriage. He'll move in your family. He'll move on behalf of your kids. You can have surrogate faith. You can have personal faith. But God responds to faith. Read the Bible. It's all through the Gospels. You can't contradict it. That our faith and the will of God created miracles. And God is saying, when your faith and my faithfulness to my word meets, a miracle happens every time.